Welcome to the Ask the Experts podcast. Here's Karen Bhatia. I am Karen Bhatia speaking with Mark Kriegel. He's out in Vegas for the big trilogy fight, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Mark, how are you doing, man? I'm hanging in, buddy. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for the time. I know you have a very busy schedule. So we've seen your work uh, all over ESPN, all over Fox Sports. It's a joint production. I thought some of the most interesting... Sorry? My condolences. <laughs> that some of the most interesting uh, parts of what you were saying uh, in some of the stuff we saw was self-belief versus self-deception. And I think that's really interesting. And I, and I think it does come down to that for Wilder because if he accepts this loss, right, that changes his invincibility and saying he got a loss. And if he doesn't and makes excuses – then can he fix what in his, in his mind isn't broken? I mean, how, how do you see self-belief or self-deception uh, coming, co- coming into play? Look, it's not a, a normal gig being heavyweight champion of the world. And I'm not talking about like the kind of guy who holds a belt for a while, but to be like a, a baddest man type of guy. And, and each of these guys has at various points seen himself as I'm, I'm the baddest man on the planet. And I think that when it comes to this division, they are. I mean, put aside Usyk for a second. Um, but to, to be that baddest man requires that you, you walk a certain walk, talk a certain talk. What Deontay has to do here is he could, he could say anything he wants to the world. The gloves were loaded. Costume dragged me down. I wasn't in his body. I don't know what he was feeling, okay? And that's Malik Scott's take on this. But he has to be sober enough about it to know, hey, what really happened there. He could say all this stuff. Maybe it's true. I think the gloves is absolute nonsense. I don't know what the suit felt like. But he has to, he has to acknowledge what happened in there before he can deal with it. And, and that was the condition of Malik Scott's employment as, as the head trainer. And they had a discussion about four in the morning. Uh, after the defeat. And Wilder already knew he was going to make a change with Mark Breland, who people like me had praised for, you know, maybe prolonging his, his career. It was certainly the right thing to do at that time. Um, and I think that he, he removed Breland, among other reasons. First of all, I guess he, he felt betrayed, but also Breland was a reminder of his mortality as a fighter. You know, he, he's the guy who threw in the towel. He, he's a constant reminder of his limitations, his faults. But what Malik said, and this to me is the crucial point, I'll take the job, but you got to understand what happened tonight. You didn't lose a boxing match. You got beat up. And you have to understand who Fury is. He's not another guy. He's the most skilled mobile big guy, certainly of this generation, perhaps, you know, one, one of the all-time mobile big men. But you got rolled over tonight, and if you don't change, if you do not do anything different, it'll be worse next time. So at it, it, some level, there's that recognition, okay, I got to fix something. Now, the question comes now, can Malik get him to do that? And he has the physical tools to do it. Can Malik get him to do that? in the pressure of the fight, in the heat of the moment, when he gets cracked, or will he go back to being Deontay Wilder that we saw last time? Will he play for just that right hand? 
And, and so that's really the question. I mean, you've spent time with Wilder, with Malik. Do you feel like it's Wilder outwardly to the public saying, gloves tampered with, my water bottle tampered with, my costume too heavy. But what it sounds like you're saying is there may have been internal conversations that said, hey, even if that happened, you didn't do enough to beat this guy and you need to make changes. Is oh, I'm, it saying, I'm, I'm saying there, there was that conversation. Like what I'm saying is four in the morning that night, they were both upset. They were highly yeah. emotional. Um, Wilder called Malik and said, this is the deal. And Malik said, okay, but you got to understand what happened to them. That's, and that's, that's what happened. According to Malik, I don't think he has any reason to, to, to lie to me. Um, so I think that how much Wilder believes it was the gloves or the suit, that, that's all fine. Let him believe that. That's okay. But at some level, according to Malik, there has been this acknowledgement. And, and that's, that's important that there has been acknowledgement. Obviously, Wilder not coming out publicly with that, and he has his own reasons for that. Um, let, me, let me ask you this. You just came from the weigh-in. Uh, both these men weighed in at the highest. They each have weighed in in their entire careers. Wild, uh, Fury at 277, Wilder at 238. One thing that I thought was interesting, Wilder said he's been in the gym. He's been hitting the bench press. He can bench press 350 pounds, he said. And he said, so I can bench press Tyson Fury. Obviously, he wants to not be bullied the way he was in fight two. But is that a smart strategy to, strategy to bulk up? Because uh, traditionally, people have said boxers maybe shouldn't do weightlifting at a high level, and that could impact you negatively in the ring. What do you think? I'm, I'm not crazy about that. I mean, maybe we're reading too much into it. I know that he felt bullied on the inside last time. I know that Malik wants a, a different, more violent fighter in the clinches. Uh, I don't think he, he didn't answer. Um, he didn't answer fury in the clinches last time. Um, but when a guy starts talking about bench pressing, I'm not so sure. Now, I mean, he looks like a superhero, you know, he's got like, like a Marvel comic build, you know, he looks great, but you don't need that to, to be a fighter. I mean, you know, Fury's never going to win like a body beautiful contest, but he's a hell of a fighter. So, so, so there's a difference. I mean, it's one of those things you're going to see come the fight. But for right now, I, I know why he's talking about bench pressing because he, he doesn't want to make silent agreements in the clinch. And Malik told him you have to be more violent in there. Um, but I'm, I'm still somewhat suspicious about a guy who tells me how much he benches, but maybe I'm wrong. And, and is it just a situation, you know, traditionally in boxing, we've said it's, it's a brawler, let's just say, not in this situation, but a brawler versus a counterpuncher. Usually the first fight can be close, but then the second fight and onwards, the counterpuncher kind of has the advantage because he's figured out the brawler. And I'm not saying that's the situation stylistically at all, all here, but has Fury just figured something out where he said, if I just bulk up and I'm just the bigger guy, there's nothing that Wilder can do to, to stop that. And he, in a way, has he figured out Wilder with that type of strategy? Well, he figured him out last time. But I think that Wilder was also a willing accomplice. I mean, Tyson Fury has a, has a really, really high boxing IQ. And he was brought up in the game. And, and you can see how smart he is. I mean, look, I'm the guy he told me last time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock him out. I'm going to go right to him. And I thought he was bullshitting me. You know, and, and given his skill set, I think it's, that was a reasonable thing to think. But he went ahead and did it. He saw something on bigger. The first fight he had, you know, the first fight he wasn't himself yet. Um, and he still almost won that. 
Um, however you see it, he, he almost won it. Um, yeah, he saw something in Wilder, but I, I think what's interesting now is that you've seen the need of Wilder again to match him. So they both kind of doubled down. Um, I understand why Wilder is doing it. We'll see, we'll see how he moves in the fight. I mean, I think you'll see a lot in the first and second rounds. Um, and I do think that they're going to come together. I, I don't, I don't think this is going to, I don't think this is going to go late in the fight. Last time around, Fury said, I'm going to bulk up and come straight at this guy. And you said, he told you that, and he actually did it. No one believed him. Maybe you did, but no one believed him. No, and I he didn't. Actually, I thought he was bullshitting. Right, right. We all thought that. We said, that's crazy because you were outboxing this guy, boxing circles around him in fight one besides the two times you got caught. But he did that. This time he said, I'm going to go up to 300 pounds and I'm an 18-wheeler versus a human being. So he went up to 277. So part one of getting bigger happened. Is he going to go straight at him and, and hit him like an 18-wheeler to a human being? Is that Fury's game plan in your mind? Is that what he's going to do? I, I, now I'm, now I'm, I'm believing Fury's saying exactly what he's going to do because he wants to elicit a certain reaction in Deontay. Um, now, I think when it comes down to it, Fury can do more things than Wilder. Wilder, at some point, is still going to be Wilder. I think Wilder is probably a better athlete than Fury. Um, there's no reason he can't do the stuff that Malik has talked about, not just a jab, but an up jab. Um, you know, he has two or three jabs he can use, but especially that, that up jab, um, he can't get excited. He has to be violent on the inside. There's nothing physically he can't do. I just think that when he gets hit, he gets excited. And when he has the other guy hurt, he's typically been excited too. And, and that's some of what Malik was, was, was trying to teach him and make him aware of. He cited this really interesting sequence when, when George Foreman had an opponent hurt. He didn't, he didn't run to him. He didn't even step to him. He said, Mark, he would walk to him like he's, like he's taking out the trash, like it was nothing. I said, do you want Deontay to do that? He goes, no, but I want him to be that calm when his prey is wounded. Now, to this point, we've never seen, you know, Deontay gets excited. He's a twitchy guy. Um, Fury made that work to his advantage. Um, again, we'll, we'll see if, if Deontay, um, can, can be more, more disciplined. And that's the question. Fury last time brought in Sugar Hill Stewart. They made the new game plan. As you mentioned this time, Wilder, of course, bringing in Malik Scott. One of the things Malik Scott talked about was that you can't do six to 12 jabs per round. You need to do more if you're Wilder. So I guess the question is, do you think we'll see that Wilder? We've seen a bunch of different styles from him. We've seen just the guy who comes at you with the right hand. We've seen the, the Wilder that fought against Stavern the first time. Worked behind the jab, a lot of jabs, a lot of I movement. Think that was, you know, it's interesting, Karna. I, I think that that was really his least spectacular win and the one that I was most impressed by because it was like he was still a young fighter and he was still learning and it's like he didn't have his fastball that night he wasn't going to take out Stavern with one punch it was for a title but he didn't get overexcited I hate to use the cliche stayed within himself but he did and he was content to take what what what's what Stavern allowed and, and Stavern took a huge physical beating that fight but but Wilder was patient, and he didn't, he didn't perform. 
he figured out what he's going to have to do to win. So, I mean, I, I think that that's a really interesting fight that, that, that you bring up, and it speaks very highly of, of Deontay. That wasn't the excitable guy, but a fight like Luis Ortiz, where he's just waiting and waiting and waiting and getting out punched, um, you know, getting out pointed and out punched and playing for this one right hand. You can't do that against this guy. And, and I know, you know, there's more than just the game plan in the ring. I mean, you look at where these guys came from. Fury started boxing at age 10. Uh, Wilder, I believe it wasn't later. It was until later, until like age 18. There, there's a difference there. Fury has the amateur pedigree. Um, there's also where these guys came from, right? Wilder from Tuscaloosa. Uh, Fury from this gypsy culture. Um, and, and, and so that, that affects uh, everything around you, your upbringing, the people that surround you, right? The things that are being said. So with, with all of that, I mean, I mean, who has the advantage in terms of the background uh, to be ready for not just this fight, but just this moment for each man's career. I, in that respect, I'd have to give the, the benefit of the doubt to Fury because he is, as he says, a fighting man. He thinks of himself as a fighter, always has from almost from birth. And, and one of the things I, I find interesting here is even guys who are really, really gifted and enormously powerful like Wilder, like Anthony Joshua, but picked up the sport. I believe Joshua picked it up when he was 18 and, and Deontay when he was 19. And you look at guys like Fury and Usyk, who have been boxing all their lives. Um, I tend to have more confidence in the guy who has been boxing all his life. Um, you know, there are muscle memories. There are sort of almost like psychological memories, too. You've been in the ring. You never played soccer. You never played baseball. You never played basketball. You weren't a tight end. You weren't, you know, you, you weren't a power forward. This is what you've been all your life. And I, I think that guys who've been doing it all their lives tend to have an advantage. Absolutely. Um, let me ask you this, because this is the third fight, of course. First fight draw, second fight we know Fury knocked him out. Let's just say, for argument's sake, uh, Wilder knocks out Fury. Do we need to see a fourth fight, or is this the type of thing where a trilogy is a trilogy, and that's kind of Wilder knocks out Fury? Do we oh, need to see on. another fight if that happens? Absolutely. My, my, you know, I, I try to refrain from predictions, um, but I, my prediction here is that this will, this trilogy will morph into a tetralogy, which is an opera in four parts. And I, no, I mean. This is a weird trilogy, man, because if you think about it, the, the nature of a trilogy is that the, the third fight breaks a tie. Otherwise, you, this is a weird thing. It's like the first fight was a draw, but in, in practical terms, it worked out much better for Fury than, than for Wilde. I mean, he, he was a fat guy. He was coming off depression. People thought he was cashing out or Frank Warren was somehow cashing him out. Was it? He, he knew something. Um, second fight, you know, no one really knew. Tyson said, so, so in, a, in a certain sense, you can make the argument that Tyson's up to nothing. But it's funny because I, I sense a lot of heat uh, about this fight, which if you look at the last fight, why would you think this thing would be close? But you think this, I think it'll be close. I, I forget the bench pressing, forget the, the, the nonsense with the gloves. Something about these two guys, the way that they hate each other, makes it a very attractive fight. 
And so the fact that you think it'll be in multiple parts, does that mean that your official prediction is wilder for this one? No, I'm not making my official prediction is how many screwy things can happen. I I just have this feeling like we're going to have a fourth fight. I just hope it's like, I just hope it's not unlike the thriller in the year 2050 or some crap (laughs) like that. You know, they're trying to make a score as old guys. Um, But I, I just, I have this weird feeling they're not done with each other. Yep. I mean, they call boxing the theater of the unexpected. I expect absolutely nothing less tomorrow night. So let me ask you this, move it, looking ahead for each guy, whoever wins, whatever happens, do you think at some point within the next however long we would see that undisputed fight? It was a lot more interesting when it was Joshua, uh, but now it's Usyk. Um, and, and we haven't had a four-belt heavyweight champion in the modern four-belt era. Um, do you think that at some point we would ever see that? I think so, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think so. I hope so. Who knows how it'll splinter off. Um, it's too bad. You know, obviously, Fury, Fury has been really disappointed because he was looking at a $250 million fight in Saudi over the summer. That was real. Um, and that would have given the world a four-belt champion. Um, eventually, I think it'll happen. I don't think that Usyk Fury, and that's what would seem most likely, I guess. I don't think that Usyk Fury is, is nearly as sexy a fight as um, Fury Joshua was. But now, and here's the problem, and here's why I think that Deontay will always be in play. Um, Joshua is diminished. Joshua just can't be as, as sexy as he was. because We've seen him lose twice now. Um, so that Fury Joshua will never – that moment, that, that $250 million moment, like, it can never be again because Joshua – he can't be all that he was. So where do you go then? Um, I don't know. I, I think that leaves – and also, does, as skilled and as magnificent a performance as Usyk put on, is Usyk Fury – as sexy or Fury Usyk as sexy as, as those other fights. It, it, it's, you know, you have, you have two really skilled boxers, great technicians, artists, um, but Fury's so much longer. Um, I don't know. You've been very generous with your time. So last question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of issues in, in the sport of boxing. You know, especially it seems like lately you, you, you talked about some of them there. Um, this fight, it has everything you would ever want. It has, it's a championship fight. It's heavyweights. It's you're not defeating. That, that's the one thing I should get on a flight tonight to, to really complete, complete what we're doing. Um, it has almost, let's say almost everything you would want. Uh, you know, the challenger, the, the knockout history, the, the, the biggest they've ever been. It has it all. So, you know, it seems like the type of thing that people are talking about. And it feels like, you know, I've heard someone say that, you know, we finally, you know, for at least for this night, we have our sport back. Um, this moment tomorrow night. I mean, what, what does this mean to you just for the sport of boxing? You've been covering it for so long. I, I think it's a great compelling matchup. And I mean, what, um, the, the reason the, the reason I got into boxing is um, 
like listen, boxing's the my contention is boxing is the, the purest, most organic form of, of storytelling. And I, I got into boxing because I, I, I wasn't good enough to make a living as a novelist. But what, here's what you're going to no, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious, man. What you're going to see, and this is not like any other, I don't even know if you call it a sport. <clears throat> it's not just that their careers will be intertwined forever, but like, their lives will change and their, their, their lives, the story of their lives is codependent. Um, and that, that's, that shit lasts forever. Mark Kriegel, thank you so much for the time. Uh, I know you've had a very busy schedule this week, so thank you so much. And of course, enjoy the fights tomorrow night. Take care, buddy. Have a great day. And that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you to my guests. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow at A-T-E underscore podcast. That's on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow my personal channels, it's at C-U-R-R-A-N-B-H-A-T-I-A on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Karan Bhatia at, on Instagram and Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Karan Bhatia. Uh, please check out uh, our show on iTunes. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star review. If you want to email the show, it's asktheexpertspod at gmail.com. I am Karan Bhatia, and this was Ask the Experts. Thank you for listening to Ask the Experts with Curran Bhatia.